Thank you for tuning in today. We hope what you're about to hear will encourage you and bless you, leaving you with the joy of the Lord in your heart. Continue to stay tuned for today's awesome encouraging words from Pastor Dr. James Sutton. We always want you to stay encouraged, blessed and full of love. Hello, hello, this is Pastor Jay of Walker Truth Radio Network. And like I said, we were going live. Uh, I have on the phone with me my favorite podcaster, my partner in this. You know, when we get together, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to talk about it. I have a podcaster extraordinaire, Tanika Drake, also known as T. Drake, God's gift through his word. What's going on, Tanika? Hey, Pastor Jay, how are you? I am fantastic, in spite of, I can't complain. How about yourself? Yeah, I can't complain either. Things are doing all right so far, so good. So let's just jump into it. We're going to do a recap of 2020. Um, this has been an interesting year for everyone and that involved. What you think about this year? I think this year has really posed not just challenges, but some twists and some turns, some really ups, some lows, and some things we're still yet pushing through. Okay. Okay. Well, we might as well just jump on in. I, I want to start it off with... Uh, this is a statistic I thought was interesting. 7.8 million people have dropped below the poverty line in 2020 as compared to 3.2 million in 2019. That, that means it's almost doubled because of the natural, what did we say we was going to call it? Natural catastrophe. Natural disaster. Natural disaster <laughs> that has happened. I mean, people are hurt. People are hurting right now. You know what I'm saying? People yes. don't have jobs right now. But but one thing I, I can say when I, I find it interesting because I get job uh, notifications, it seems as if there's plenty of jobs posted. I don't know if people are not applying for them. And I'm talking about I get 20, 30, 40 jobs per day. But I guess they're not jobs that really have great incomes. Yeah, I think that's one of the, that might be one of the gaps because one thing that you know that different people who have lost their job, if they have lost a very high paying job and they are now forced to take a lower paying job, it's going to be a hard thing for them to want to be in that position when they're not used to being, you know, taking a lower position anyway and having to be forced to do that. Yeah, and 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 the fact is, you know, um, when even though you might have a job, you still not might not be able to pay your mortgage, pay your health insurance, all of those things, and uh, it this this natural natural disaster is truly affecting the world, and America uh, being the the most prosperous country in the world, uh, nation in the world. We are definitely being affected by that and, and, and families. My heart goes out to families who are having a t hard time making a decision between, you know, we used to just think about the poor, but you got families who uh, mothers and fathers are having a five, 10 minute conversation with their employer and they don't have a job anymore. They don't have any severance. All they can do is apply for unemployment and especially the restaurant industry, you know, uh, St. Louis today, we closed another icon restaurant that's been around for almost 50 years and it's closed for good. 
and it's not coming back. Mm. You know, it's affecting all the way down the chain. I tell people all the time, just don't start at the rest of the people losing the jobs. The people losing the job can't go to the restaurants. The restaurants have to fire their people. What about the supply companies that supply them with food? They're going to be stockpiled with food. They can't get to get to market because there's no uh, demand for them. You know, yeah, that's a, yeah. you know, it keeps going all the way down to the it, man, it goes all the way down to the farmer. What is the farmer going to do with his surplus crop when there's no place to take it because all the restaurants are out of business? What about the truck driver that, that drives produce? You know, this this natural catastrophe, this natural disaster affects everybody economically down the line. You know, but yet and still, and if you can't get it to market, how are you going to get it to the poor people to feed the poor people? See, because that's a process, too. You know, the trucks that take it to the food pantries, they're not going to have any food to take it to the food pantries because that food didn't make it to the system. Because normally what goes to the food pantries is what goes to the store. Yeah. And the people are getting the stuff at the store and they're buying it at the store, but there's not this surplus uh, like it normally is, uh, an abundance, because there's no market for it. You know, in St. Yeah. Louis, one out of six restaurants are going to close. And then after this year... When the next year starts, it's going to be even worse. You know, one out of six restaurants that that employees, you know, uh, average 20 to 30 employees is going to close. Yeah, that's not to mention that some of these other businesses, you know, along with the mom and pop restaurants, but some of the big box companies are going out because they they have not been able to pivot to be innovative to be able to switch things to be online so some of the big companies as well they're facing this hit and they're just they're not able to change so like you were just saying this is all like a domino effect and it's very crippling to the economy and this affects when it affects us all locally and nationally, then we are affecting everyone else globally as well. This is a whole thing that's like interconnected, whether we want to believe it or not. So, yeah, it's it's really devastating right now. Yeah, I'm going to give one more statistic I found out today by the Labor Board. 12.9 million people are unemployed. Mm. 12.9 million people are unemployed. I mean that that in America, in America, that's a lot of people. Because the other thing, everything is relative. I mean, in another country that's not as prosperous, that might not be so bad. But in America, that's horrible. And that's 12, 12.9 million people unemployed. That's that number's bigger than the number of people who have filed for unemployment, which is like three hundred thousand people more. You know, in the past couple of months, have filed for unemployment. You know, that's taking everybody. That's even taking the people who are unemployed. Now, think about it, there's a group of people who are unemployed that can't get unemployment. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty bad. It's a pretty bad situation going on. So what subject you want? What, what you got for me? Well, I just wanted to talk about some of the different other natural disasters, like some of the floodings and earthquakes and all the different types of fires and things that had hit during this year mm -hmm. it was so crazy just watching the weather rip through the way it did in some different parts of not just the u.s but the different countries and it's just like you've never seen stuff like that puerto rico getting hit with the earthquake and shaking everything up and the fires that were just raging just like what 
you look at one thing and something bad is going on over there. Then you look and here comes monsoon season. Then you look and here come these hurricanes. It's just like, oh my gosh, look at look at all these floods. Look at all this stuff. Just it's just hitting. It's just like one thing after the other, one thing after the other. Yeah, and, and you know we 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 attribute that to global warming and what's going on in the environment and uh, the locusts in Africa. Mm. You know, in Kenya, uh, with my three churches that I pastor in Africa, in Kenya, you know, each one has requested money because the locusts, they had the, the monsoon rain, which flooded the cropland, and then they had the locusts come right behind it and eat up everything that was salvageable. You know, and you really don't hear about that much in America. You might get a blip about it. I think we got a blip about it a couple of months back, but... You know, we don't know what it's like to have a have locusts eat up everything that we would use to sustain ourselves. So now they're they're asking for money, which we're going to send them. But I found that in some instances, it's hard to send money to African nations because of their the way they do their economy and the the relationship America has with them. Let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not as clear. It's not like sending your money. Uh, like if I sent you some money through. PayPal or Cash App is truly an interesting way that you have to send money. They have the mechanisms, but you could tell uh, it's heightened security for some reason. And I wouldn't think that Kenya would be on that heightened security risk, but it may be. I don't know, but I found it quite interesting that it's not real simple to send money to Kenya to people who need the money to feed themselves. So these natural disasters are happening all over, including the you know the one that's worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. What else you got? Well, you know the social injustice that's been going on that this real U.S. civil unrest here and abroad in Africa, which just had happened over there, uh, that has has really just awakened a lot of people that might have been sleeping on this. Like, Not that it was never there, but because everybody has to kind of have this time to look and see things that they're like, oh, this is actually happening? I can't believe it. Gasp. You know, it's just like, yes, people have been telling you guys this stuff has been happening forever, and when you keep continuously seeing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. someone has to start saying something like, this is not right, that this continues to keep on going out. Where have you guys been? Yeah, Mr. Floyd, uh, his tragic death made the world look at police brutality and brutality as a whole and it spurred protests and rioting and looting in the United States has been unprecedented on top of the fact that we were in the midst of a presidential election uh, and it caused all kind of issues and problems and again the brunt of the of the uh, violence were done on regular people you know what I'm saying people who had businesses and people who had stores and shops and you know I can understand protesting, but the looting and the rioting that some of the mainstream media kept downplaying and some encouraged it, I I find it atrocious because it's one side playing against the middle, but the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, and the people who had these stores who have come to America to do these things, uh, good things, are suffering because of it. You know, not only we have, again, we're going to say the natural disaster that we all know about, but what happens when your business is looted out and destroyed and 
you don't have enough insurance to cover the products that you have. A lot of people don't understand. A lot of businesses don't have enough insurance to cover everything that's in their uh, uh, portfolio as far as what's in their stores or what's in their shops. You know, it's a everything when an insurance company comes in, they're going to uh, uh, give you less than what you pay for. You know, they're going to uh, uh, not it's not going to appreciate. It's going to depreciate. They'll give you the depreciate depreciated value. You could have bought it for a thousand and now, you know, you haven't sold it. And to them, they're going to compare it to everything else that's being sold and it might be depreciated. So you're still on the hook for the difference, you know. Mm-hmm. And this looting and rioting and, and, and violence towards one another in America is ridiculous. And I wish the people uh, of all colors, all persuasions, all uh, sexual orientations will step back from this and realize who's the real enemy in this. Mm-hmm. Is it truly the people across the aisle from you or is it the ideologies that you both are fighting for that puts our fate in a system that's not mm-hmm. for the people. Right. Democrats or Republicans are not for the people. Our government is so broken, it's not even funny. And if you mm-hmm. believe that voting Democrat or Republican makes a big difference in the scheme of things, you have two sets of millionaires playing the middleman with the people and the people act like they're fighting for something that these people are willing to compromise on every day. You know, I think about your governor out there, you guys on the lockdown, but they sure called him out having fun. Yes, they did. You know, and and again, the Republicans say, well, he's a Democratic governor. That's not no, that's not my point. My point is he's a man of authority and power and he uses authority and power to imprison the people of California and those around the world. And yet they are caught having social fun, getting into planes, going to Mexico, having fun. And there's no repercussions from it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to the point where it's like it's almost like President Trump when he said before he got elected that he could get out in the middle of of the street in downtown Washington and say he can kill somebody. I mean, how prop, uh, prophetic that was. These politicians these days, no matter what party you in, have gotten to the point where they can do anything, they can say anything, they can lie about anything, and it is okay. Yeah, I think that what you mentioned right there is 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 really sad and really disheartening to to look at that system that we have, and it is so corrupted in different places. Just like there's no no real checks and balances, and no real way to hold these people accountable because they're at the top tier. They're up there. And with the other people that are up there with them, are they going to stick their neck out and lose their position because somebody funneled some money or somebody did something not so okay? It's not them doing it. Maybe I'll just turn my back and turn a blind eye and keep it moving so I can hold my position. But where is the accountability? Who is going to keep the people at the top accountable? Yeah. I mean, everybody's rich at the top and and the code for rich is we all going to stay rich. And they're willing to sacrifice one or two people at the top. So the so the people at the bottom won't pay attention anymore. Donald Trump is rich. Joe Biden is rich. Uh, The vice president of the United States. Pence is rich. Uh, Vice president elect. She's rich. Nancy Pelosi. Very rich. Mitch McConnell. Very rich. These are not poor people. These are not. And what we've done is. 
those who are running for politics, I don't care what you say, that's a come up for them. Because if they stay long enough, they're going to be influential. Their influence can be bought and they're going to become rich. Joe Biden has nothing in common with what he where he came from in Scranton other than he was born there. Donald Trump has nothing in common with the fact I think he was born in the Bronx or something on Brooklyn. I mean, come on, people, you got to wake up and start thinking, are you benefiting from the things that's being done on a day to day basis or it really does it or it's so corrupt? It doesn't make a difference now. You know, because you're not going to hold nobody accountable. You know, and, and, and it's just sad that the people are suffering like this. You know, right now we're waiting on a budget to be passed to help the people. Now, now this is now what I want you to think. I want you to tell me what you think about this. The first time they gave everybody twelve hundred dollars, right? Yes. Now, that's when it first started, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the statistics I just gave you about people being unemployed, you know, twelve point six million uh, out of work, you know, the poverty line, twelve point six million people uh, at the poverty level, you know. That so there's more people hurt now than in the beginning, right? Right. So why would you give them six hundred dollars? Don't they need more? Mm-hmm. If twelve hundred was the first one, don't you think they would need at least twelve hundred or more the second time? Now again, I'm not trying to figure out how it's gonna get paid for. Okay, because we not that that'll take too long of a conversation. But just thinking, if you needed twelve hundred. When we first got, when we first hit, when it first hit the natural catastrophe, the natural disaster, then wouldn't you think you would need equal or more the second time around? You would believe so. You would think so. I think that was before this. Well, you know, earlier talks were supposedly supposed to be more, and then when you look, like you said, it's like, whoa, what happened? What happened there? Yeah. And, and what's happening is everybody's fighting and there nobody's mentioned this for the pork. See, they, what they do with these bills, people, is it could be clean. It could be about the natural disaster. It could be about small businesses and it could be about putting money in your pocket. OK, and and things related to that. But what they do is hold out votes and attach their pet peeves for their community that has nothing to do with this. It's called the pork. Everybody forgot about that. It's called pork. When you attach stuff to a bill that has nothing to do with it, just so you can get your vote. So you can say to your constituents, oh, look, you know, I got the streets, the lights on Main Street changed for Christmas due to this, you know, the Congress passed money. And I put that in the bill for you. Or we got a new recreation center because of it. I'm not saying that's nothing that you should not do. But is this the time to put pork in the bill when people need the money? You know, and I don't understand this. If people get the money, they're going to spend it in America. So you're going to get it back. The government's going to get it back in sales tax. And that'll go directly to the local governments. So I I don't understand why they're talking less money. You know, and then some of these businesses. Oh, I got one for you. What about this thing with Joel Osteen getting that uh, PPE money? to keep his employees um, working. What do you think about that? I, for me, I'm not, uh, (laughs) you know, that could be a very sticky issue for a lot of people. For me, if he's going to utilize the government loophole that is there, that he's going to take advantage like any other normal person 
would do that had the business that had the capability that has the ability to utilize that. If I had a business and I could utilize it, I would make good of it and I would use it. So I don't think he's doing anything illegal. He has to utilize what he has and he has to show the government he has it. So maybe some people don't like that because they don't like him or they don't like that he's doing that as a church, but he's utilizing what the government is allowing him to do. So Right. And and I, and I, that's what I understand about people. It's like, you know, he, his church is a giant organization which employs a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's their job. That's their livelihood. The fact that it's a church means nothing to me. Now, do I agree with his preaching? No. Do I like his teaching? No. Do I even care about him? Not so much. But he good at what he doing. And, and, and I applaud excellence in entrepreneurial no matter where it is, even if I don't agree with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a hater. Yeah. I'm not a hater. And if the government that you guys vote for allows him to get the money to keep his people employed, why not? What's the problem with that? That's what it's for. It's not like he's stealing the money. It's not like you don't know who he is and what he does. You know, like some of these people are making fake companies and getting the money and doing other things with it. He, you know, he he has to be transparent because he's a public figure. So, so he's doing what he's supposed to do with the money. The scandal would be if he got the money and did something else with it. Right. Or he pocketed it for himself and then he, used he, it for what it was. Even if so, it was altruistic, more. even if it was altruistic and, and he and he fed the poor with it. That's not what the money's for. Mm-hmm. He would be breaking the law. No matter how good we would say, oh, that's nice. You know, he took that money and didn't pay his employees and he fed all the poor people in Texas. Well, guess what? Nobody going to come see him when he in the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. You see, we got to start thinking beyond our thought processes. You know, my goal next year is to tell people, think beyond your nose. Carry out your thoughts and your ideas to the next day, to the next day. And what would it looks like? It's like uh, in this natural disaster, we know we have the people talking about taking the shot or not taking the shot. You know, what do you think about that? Well, me personally, I want to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I, I know things had to come out because of the situation that we're all facing. But still, it is good for me to watch. I will maybe eventually take it after seeing a lot of other people and how their reactions have been. There have been some that I've watched, at least one person I watched had a reaction that was not such a happy one to see. But uh, that's that's where that's where you take a risk. You take a risk. And if the risk outweigh the benefits, I guess so be it. Everybody go and do what you have to do. But not everybody's going to be saying that, you know, so. Well, I think when they politicized it, it, it just took through the nation into ter- even to more turmoil. I mean, let's be honest. Before the shot came out, the Democratic Party was talking about it's the Trump shot. Now, last time I checked, Trump ain't got nothing to do with Pfizer or Moderna. Right. He, as the president, he was supposed to lean on them to get it done quickly. And I give him credit. He said it would be done before the 21st of December, and it has been done. But if the 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 bad part about the politicians, this is where I say they are insidious and mean and actually immoral. 
they were politicizing the vaccine as if Trump was going in there making a concoction for Republicans and going to make a concoction for Democrats. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they said, I mean, it's so it's so obvious. If Trump would have won, they weren't going to take the vaccine. But oops, they won. You remember? Now they want to go on national TV and roll up their sleeves. But it's the same vaccine that would have been done if Trump would have won. See, that's what I'm saying. These politicians don't really care about you. Because the same vaccine that would have been when Trump won is the same vaccine. Hold up. Now, to me, it's like all any Democrat that, that said they were scared of the virus, scared of the vaccine, they should be the last one to take it. But they're getting it first. Think about this. I can talk against it and still get it first. Man, that's that's having my cake and eating it, too. Mm-hmm. You mean I could actually talk against it, scare everybody else not to take it. And then come and take it myself and tell y'all to take it now because I want office, man. I, I, I just really I don't want I don't I don't understand people. People are just just they're, they don't think. They've been put to sleep. Yes. You know. Because the fear that that everybody has, if they be honest, it's not it's because they told you to fear. Mm-hmm. You don't have no evidence to fear. You, they told you to fear. So now you're fearful. And it, it, just like any drug, there are those who are going to have an adverse reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who can't take aspirin. You know, that will have a, there's people who can't eat peanuts. <laughs> right. I mean, there's nothing that, there's nothing that you ingest in your body or put on your body that somebody else might not have an adverse effect, uh, effect to even to death. I took the flu shot for the first year this year. And then and I have no statistics on it. I didn't know anything about it. I just took it because something said I was just ready to take it, right? Yeah. Then I find out I'm thinking vaccine. What percentage do you think my uneducated mind thought the thought the uh, effectiveness of the vaccine was? I took a vaccine. What did you think I thought it was? I thought it was 100%. But then I found out the flu vaccine is only 60% effective. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, most everybody is taking it. Now we got a vaccine that's supposed to be 95% effective and everybody's skeptical. Why? Because you listen to the talking heads. You don't think for yourself. You don't research. I mean, the recent, and the sad part about it is the internet companies, the tech companies, the information is out there for you to get. But they know we become lazy. Uh, uh, I, I was listening to somebody tell me that they were taking a speech class. And you probably appreciate this. They were taking a speech class. And this person was saying this, this, this professor was saying Americans have gotten lazy in their language. They don't speak in complete sentences anymore. They like phrases and they like slurring their words. Basically, all of America is starting to communicate with 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 noises and sounds and not full sentences. So we're becoming lazy in language. You, your mind becomes lazy because you're not trying to put together a coherent thought. You're just trying to say something to get acknowledged to move on. They say in Japan and the other countries, you know, they practice communicating 
in America, what we're doing is trying, it says like we're dumbing down everything. And I thought that was quite interesting. And like I said, I see that in our day to day thought processes, you know, uh, due to the natural catastrophe disaster. I hear people saying, you know, uh, jobs are saying and this is really being discussed at highest levels of government and private industry. Do we make the people take the shot so they can still be employed? Think about this. You have a company. An office building with 500 employees in it. You sent them home and every, and 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 50 percent of your workforce has been at, at home, but you want to bring them back. You have to make a decision. Do you make it mandatory that they get a shot? And if you make it mandatory, that means that if they don't take it, they don't have a job. So not only do you face the jobless thing from the catastrophe itself, the disaster itself. Now, once it's time to go back, the disaster had put them in a position, whereas they don't want people in their building unless they be vaccinated, because all it would take is one person that's not vaccinated and infect the whole building. Uh -huh. So now what do you do? Well, the person who thinks no farther than they knows says the bravado thing. Oh, I'm going to get another job. They just have to fire me. OK, you fired now. What if everybody in your industry goes that way? Now what you going to do? Mm-hmm. What if X, Y, and Z company down the street that you that does the same thing your company does, you go down there and apply and they say, uh, they have decided as an industry, everybody needs to be vaccinated. And see, people don't understand that's these discussions are going on. Bank of America, US Bank, all these financial institutions, Wall Street. They're trying. They're making decisions whether they want to make it mandatory because they want to get back to normal. Yeah, right back to business. That is going to include the airlines too. That's right. You're not going to be able to travel. Right, and and I I think you and I had talked about something like that a long long time ago, and that if you would be required to fly, there's going to be something that you're going to have to show as proof before you get on the airplane because too many people going through these airplanes and going through these airports, that's a big place where this stuff just moves and shifts and that's where it comes through because people are just flying internationally, domestically, and it just, it's just spreading so quickly. So, yeah, I can see definitely the airline being one of the ones that say, hey, if y'all gonna fly, y'all gotta prove that you guys have done what is necessary to show us that you got a clean bill of health. Yeah. And then in our prison system, they say the prison infection rate is twice as much as the population. You're gonna have to make a decision. Do you let them die and the people that work in there die? Or do you go ahead and vaccinate everybody in the prison, whether they're on death row or not? Mm -hmm. You know, do you do you do that? Because there's a percentage of people in prison that's going to get out and be in the streets again. There's a whole lot more to deal with this uh, catastrophe disaster that we're facing that people are considering. You know, they're, they're catching and not pitching, meaning that you're letting things happen when if you just think a little bit, a little further than your nose, you can kind of foresee. We got a lot more issues to talk about. Yes. Other than the shot is here, let's distribute it. Because there's going to be a group of pop people in the population just going to say they ain't going to get it. And I'm telling you, if you on any kind of welfare, even military stuff, 
they might tell you, you got to take it or you won't get your check. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, because for me, that that what you just said, my venture doctor has already suggested that already. Like, it wasn't even uh, a big conversation. Like, yeah, if we get it, we're just going to give it to you. I'm like, what? Yeah. And if you refuse, and if you refuse... You go to your you go to your bank account the next month and you won't have nothing in it and they'll be like we told you that you have no choice. Mm. You know you have no choice, and it's not a thing that you could vote. See, this is the thing we've gotten so uh, our government has become so oligarchical, so top heavy, controlled by them that your vote don't really mean anything. Mm. You know, we really don't know. And again, I, I don't care about either side for real. But we don't know if, if, if let, let's put it this way. If the Russians have hacked into our defense system this recently and has been in it for months and months and months. Yes. How hard would it be to rig an election for any go anywhere you want to? Right. You know, again, President Trump is fighting an uphill battle. I, I believe he lost, but what if it was it, it it was computer rigged in a certain kind of way to make other people think that their votes count? How do you know? I mean, it's such a vast thing. How do you know that your vote counts? You don't. You have to trust in the people in the system, and and what I'm saying is. From the president on down to those who govern us, the system is broken. Yeah. You know, you j all we could do is hope and pray and trust God that, and, and you know, we're in a situation where we got to trust God no matter what we do. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you know, you just got to trust God. If you don't, whatever God you believe in, you need to trust him. <laughs> you know, even the gods is not gods. Yeah. You know. And then we, you know, then we have the thing going on with the Christians. You know, we have we we have the exposure of the prophet liars because they couldn't see the virus. You have the exposure of Ken Copeland. Uh, what's the lady name that did the African Angels? Uh, oh, Paula White. Paula White, and so forth, and so on, and Jim Baker, and all of them prophet liars <laughs> lying to the people, showing that God has showed them to be liars and fools. And false teachers and preachers. And people are still following them. When the Bible says that they will heap up for themselves teachers with itching ears, basically tell them what they want to hear. Yes. They could say they're another game. They in, in, in the body, in this TV evangelical uh, country we live in, the worst thing that we've exported all over the world. They have got to the point where they can say anything and get away with it. And there's no repercussions. Because the people are asleep. The people are numb. The people are about themselves. And all they want to do is penetrate the inner circle so they can get paid. Right. And they can live prosperous. I was listening to a conference with uh, Noel Jones and a couple of other bishops. I didn't send that to you yet. But Noel Jones even said, I'm glad he's become a statesman like he has. He said, I just can tell you, I got to tell you guys the truth. We did a disservice to the people by preaching the prosperity gospel because now the people are hurting on 
and they are not strong enough to stand and stand on the word of God because what we wanted them to stand on was their wallets. Uh, now that's strong from a man who has been part of that and he's saying, look, we did it wrong because this is the thing as preachers. I'm a pastor. If it can't be preached in Somalia, in Kenya, in Iraq, Iran, in India, it's not the gospel in America. If you can't take, take what you preach and preach it and get soul saved, we work for God. We don't work for the Democratic Party. We don't work for the Republican Party or the Green Party or the Libertarian Party. We work for God. We have a theocracy that we are part of. We're not part of a democracy or socialism. We're part of theocracy and we're God's representatives on this earth to everyone, not to just one side or the other. And that's where evangelicals kind of messed up because they took one side and then the liberals took another side and God was left out the whole thing. You got preachers that's pro-abortion on demand. How can you be a man of God, a woman of God and, and, and actually want that? But to get elected because the country loves killing its babies, you'll do that. Think about it. in America, we kill more babies than any other country in the world. And we have more people locked up than any country in the world. But we're supposed to be, but we're supposed to be the free country. Right. But that, 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 that is such a man, that, that topic right there with that abortion. It just, I, I've never understood. I've never understood how even just as a woman to take that stance you know, male or female, but as a woman, you take that stance. It's it's just it just is mind boggling in its of itself, and for people to just be desensitized to just killing, just murdering, just people, whether it's a baby in infancy or just a person on the street, like the violence is like nothing. You yeah. could just do it like water. Yeah. And, and again, the industrial complex, which we call the media, is making us numb because they start off every day with violence. Every day, the story starts off how many people got shot, how many people got killed, how many people got raped, how many people have experienced violence by their brother or sister humankind. And that's what makes it so sad. Because we got numb to it, and those who it hasn't happened to have taken a stance. It's happening over there. It won't come to me. But the minute it comes to me, you know, like with this police defunding, yeah, you want to defund the police because you believe you safe. But what happens when the day you need the police and they don't show up for you? Mm-hmm. So you're not but thinking. Yeah, for. Yeah, you're not thinking beyond your nose. <laughs> you know, you're not carrying that thought out. Like, okay, if we defund the police. And they stop taking calls. Maybe I'll call them one day. But see, what you're thinking is rich and affluent. They'll always come to our neighborhood, you know, and the, and the poor and the real poor, the good citizen poor has to be become the uh, the prey to the, the scandalous poor 
that's victimizing them every day. Can you imagine living in the, some of the worst areas of our cities and the police decide not to come due to there's not enough of them? I couldn't even imagine. You know, and the rich can't imagine you not coming because they're not because they live in rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. See, both are both are calling for defunding with the with the middle class in the middle saying, no, we won't police. No, nobody wants police brutality. Let's see. That's again, not thinking beyond your nose. Everybody wants to prove their point with an extreme. And anytime you have to prove your point with an extreme, you have no point. Right. It's faulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to use the worst case scenario. You know, the, the, the statistic is you're more likely to get assault, assaulted and killed and maimed and hurt by your own kind as African-American than you do by any white person or any police officer. White or black. What made George Floyd's situation is as bad as it is, was isolated in the day-to-day population of interactions with the police with African-Americans. But you're more likely to walk out your house and your neighbor's son bop you upside the head. Mm-hmm. You see, black on black crime. You see, that's where, to me, the fallacy yeah, of talking about that. Yeah, the fallacy of Black Lives Matter. It only matters okay. when it matters to them. It's almost as if, it, even even with the Me Too movement, I just seen a shift in that, where the lady again said that uh, Mayor uh, in in New York, uh, no Governor of New York, Andrew Andrew Cuomo, has sexually assaulted her, and everybody's just ignoring her. But I thought the, the rule was believe the, believe all women. Mm. Believe all women. Now, if that was a, for the other side, if she'd have said a Republican did, that, that the news would have been all on it. But because he's a Democrat, and again, we can see where the money flows into the Democratic Party, they don't report certain things. Do you know CNN, uh, C- CBS? And some of the other mainstream outlets have not even mentioned CNN has not mentioned nothing about Hunter Biden and what he's and and what he's been accused of. And they probably won't. Now, how do you do that and be fair and impartial? <laughs> see, see, our political system has been our, our news has been bought out. And, and now comes to find out that China got so much money in America with the politicians. Now, watch it's going to come out. They paying both sides. We really don't want to find out how much China has paid off people in America. Because mm-hmm. how does a Chinese national raise money for a congressman? How is that possible? And who gave him the money? See, these are the things that people don't think about. But it's all a game to them because once you accept it into the club, the money's so good, you're going to play the game. I, I, I applaud, uh, what is that, the squad? I applaud them. Even though I don't agree with half the stuff they say, but I applaud them because they're kicking at the door and they're in the system and they're seeing the corruption and they can't do nothing but make a whole bunch of noise because it's not going to change. 
Cortez and them, they're going to have to get out. They're not, it's not going to change because they're in the party. She's talking about new leadership. Uh-uh. You only get a new leader when they decide. Nancy Pelosi can be there for the rest of her life. She ain't going nowhere until she handpicks who's going to take her place. <laughs> now, you want to see somebody get even richer. Wait till Nancy Pelosi leaves as the Speaker of the House and her ability to lobby. Because think about it. Once you know stuff, you know stuff. Now the passcodes may be changed, but once you know the integral workings of how things work in the government, they cannot take that knowledge from you. That's why politicians have to wait a certain time and then they become lobbyists because people pay for information, access, and influence. And when you have them high positions like that, Speaker of the House, President of the United States, Vice President, uh, Senate Majority Leader, sitting on the Intel Committee, sitting on the Defense Committee, sitting on the Finance Committee, you have access and influence even when you leave. And that's very powerful having those type of connections because you will need them later on down the line. Think about it. Jimmy Carter could probably pick up the phone and call President Trump right now if he had to. Yeah. He, and he ain't got to go through no whole bunch of people either. <laughs> you know, if they needed to talk, he can, I'm sure he knows how to go in directly to him. He might have to talk to one person and when they say it's President Carter, I have some personal information or some pertinent information for the country to talk to the president about, he'll be piped directly into him. People pay for access and influence and governments pay for that. So well, let's talk about something else. Let's, let's talk about the people that we've lost this year. Do you have a list? Um. Well, I have a list, but I know there's probably more, mm -hmm. but I just have a few. Okay. I jotted down. So, Kobe Bryant, of course. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. John Lewis, a congressman, so a rights leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Richard. Rock and, and Roll Hall of Fame artist, Little Richard. Go ahead. Uh, and then uh, Charlie Pride and Regis Philbin. I didn't put down everybody because I couldn't really believe how many people like have passed. There were so many. I was just like, oh my gosh. So those are the ones that I, I wrote down so you, I would not forget. <laughs> you have everybody except for Alex Trebek. Oh, yes. Jeopardy yes, yes. For yes, that I had. Yes. Uh, this is local. Lou Brock. He stole more bases in baseball than anybody. We lost him this year. Uh, Regis Philman, we lost him this year. Yes, we did. Um, we just lost, uh, what is it, uh, the female preacher. Uh, I can't think of her name right now. Uh, is that Dr. Bishop Iona? I don't remember her last name. Yes, we lost her just recently. Mm -hmm. And we've lost a lot of bishops uh, in the Church of God in Christ and men and women of God. Um, it's been it's been a rough year and we're losing people every day. I have a friend that works in the funeral business and she said they just cannot they cannot conduct services fast enough. And this is an African-American community. Because people are dying from this covid and and natural causes. And one of the things I think they're doing with statistics is anybody that dies from anything, they're throwing it over in the COVID. Oops. We said, oops. We're throwing it over there. You know? 
Yeah. The natural disaster. Well, hopefully, um, we'll be able to weather the storm. How long do you think before everybody will be possibly vaccinated in the United States? Let's and let's not say you you're gonna refuse, but how long do you think? How many months or where do you think that like eighty percent of the population will be vaccinated? How long do you think it'll be? With what they're doing right now, mm-hmm. whew, you know, I would I would like to say I mean this is uh, just a wild guess, but I would think maybe maybe give them about maybe six to seven months to get more distribution and more people vaccinated because you know it's going to take a minute they got the first things out but to get everyone you know and going through the different types of organizations like for the va they have their own like they got their own set 37 different the hospitals got their own but that's not the rest of them but so it's going to take a minute i would think that would be a good place you know, amount, but it might take a little longer, though. Yeah, I, I think it's going to take the whole entire year of 2021. Yeah. And the normalcy will start, if it's possible, we'll be starting to see it somewhere around middle of 2022. And if this vaccine actually works and there's not a super strain, because if we go into a, a it is morphed again to something they don't have control over. I mean, I don't I, I, I can't imagine what that's going to look like, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. Like I say, it's been a tragic year because of the disaster. It's been a tragic year for families. It's been a tragic year economically for the world. But yet still the bright side of it is in religion or in Christianity and those of us who believe in Christ. It's kind of been a great year because I see more people coming to Jesus, uh, not through the old church paradigm, which, you know, I've talked many times with you about that. That paradigm is done. Mm-hmm. You know, digital church is here to stay. And what some of these bigger churches, even Noel Jones said in the, in this conference, that he wants to downsize because he sees more advantage into digital. Right. And thank God that, you know, as podcasters, we're kind of ahead of the stream in a way. Yeah. You yeah. know, whereas now, you know, uh, podcasting is truly taken off uh, and our little footprint is out there. And uh, we and we're trying to educate the people and let them know uh, God's not dead; He's truly alive. That people should come to Christ, and now you don't truly have to. You, it's a better situation. It's not tele evangelism, but it's actually being part of your local body through uh, the digital world, through the internet. Yeah, I think I think what what you were sharing too that is so. It's actually exciting. It's actually really exciting because as as podcasters, you and I, you just saying that we have all of us actually have an opportunity to utilize our voices and anybody right now can take advantage of this platform and use it to share what God has actually given to them. The only thing that I think that stops people is that nasty little thing of fear where they say, well, I don't know this. I don't know. Well, just start speaking. And if you say something incorrect, I'm sure somebody listening will find a way to reach out to you and say, hey, what you just shared is incorrect. You'll probably need to go back because that what you said is not. And people do have a tendency to do that. But regardless of that, people can 
share and share their faith in such a way that right now technology has given us the ability to do some things and try some things out and really just go and just try a lot of different avenues that maybe we would not have tried before. People Zooming and, like you said, podcasting and trying all these different types of video technologies to just reach people. So I think it's a really amazing time, even though there's so much bad going on, that there's a light to be shown that Christ is still you know, someone who loves you and sacrificed everything for you and that God's not going to let things just go. There's a plan in all of this. And if we can stop for a minute, stop looking at all the bad circumstances and look at what we could be grateful for and thankful for that you're alive, you're breathing, and God is giving you another day to share whatever it is that he has given you to do, that you do that and you do it with all that you have and you do it as unto God and you don't worry about about how it's going to look to this person or that person. You do what you need to do, stay focused, and just do it. Yeah, and and there's a statistic that I saw that people of faith in this catastrophe, um, they are mentally better than those who don't have any faith. Okay, the people of faith, and, and, and regardless of what you have faith in, the people that claim to have faith and the people that claim to be Christians tend to be Look at this retrospective or circumspectly like God has caused us to do. Like you said, seeing, trying to see him in it, not why, but what can I do to further the kingdom while this is going on, while I'm waiting to be delivered. He's sustaining me. So is he sustaining me to be still? No, he's sustaining you to go forward. Like you said, and, and, and I think one of the healthy things that that, the, that podcasting does, it gives you a place to express yourself. Right. And and if you could just not worry about the comments, let the comments fly. Good, mm-hmm. bad, or ugly. You are expressing yourself. These are your opinions. Like our shows are our opinions. There was somebody, somebody's going to come on and not like the show and voice it. Hey, if I look at the thing and I see somebody say something negative, I like it anyway. Because I believe in free speech. Mm-hmm. Tell me you don't like it, but then keep listening and keep telling me you don't like it. That works for my analytics. <laughs> you know, keep on listening. The way you hurt me is when you turn off. You know, but, but you tune in and keep commenting. <laughs> yeah, just just keep coming and 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 cussing me out because I'm gonna keep preaching the same no matter what, and you're gonna keep doing what you do no matter what. But this is a great time for the true body of Christ to to be innovative, not in what we do because we deliver the gospel. But the way we do it, the method to which we deliver the means, which is the gospel that people get saved. I'm going to say that again. The method in which we deliver the means, which is the gospel that people get saved. There are so many different ways to do it. And and right now we need to have all hands on deck. I don't care who you are. You don't have to have the title of a preacher, but you are called to uh, uh, tell people the gospel. So whatever your gift is and, and next year, our church. The theme is give your gift away, you know, and the way you give your gift away is by walking in the fruit of the spirit. So I want to see you give your fruit away. I want to see you give love, joy, peace, long suffering, understanding, self-control, kind. I want you to see I want to see you give all that away as a part of your unique gift that God has equipped you for. What I what I uh, Seiko Wood said it good. He said that each person, each each person in the body of Christ is equipped for something. 
You know, he has a unique uh, apologetic uh, defender of the faith ministry. He's good at that, you know, and but then you may have a ministry where you just are helps and kindness. God doesn't look at one better than the other. They're just different parts of the body functioning as one. And if we can get in 2021, realize that there are many gifts in the body, like the Bible said, body said, and all of it is to, to edify the saints and to bring people into the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be the his ambassador to this world and be the light of the world and be the salt of the world. No matter what persuasion you are, then we'll go further. You know, judge a righteous judgment. But again, don't be con condemning. See, I can say you wrong and not condemn you. Yeah. You know, our problem is we want to condemn where we don't have authority to do that. Jesus said with a period, you're condemned already because you don't believe. You don't need to add anything more to that. <coughs> you're not condemned already because you commit sin you condemned already because you did not accept what God gave you to cure the sin problem all that other stuff that nuances you have to believe this once you get saved the Holy Spirit will work out the rest because he says that once he started good work in you he's going to complete it and that's what this season is about you know that's what I preach about tomorrow at one o'clock it's like who is this Jesus what was his purpose Jesus came that men might be saved that that little baby grew up to be our savior and was rejected by the people that he chose to represent him and now he has us and now we're doing the same thing and we his body how much more greater chastisement will we have as his body that we don't be the light that he wanted us to be so yeah I'm going to talk about that tomorrow Anything else on the podcasting platform before we get off? You know, we could talk for hours. So we are, we are, we about at an hour. So what else, what else would you like to throw in for this, for a wrap up of 2020? Oh man, we didn't even talk about cuffing season. Give me, give me some oh. on cuffing season so we can get off this line. Oh, well, I don't know if I would give a whole bunch of stuff, but applications. Mm -hmm. And I just did that. People are talking about actually, they have been actually putting out applications for cuffing season. If you can't believe that, like they are an employer looking to cuff in 2020, they're doing this. And I found it so strange. And then people are learning how to mermaid. I just found that term. You can mermaid someone. It's almost like ghosting and then zombie, all kinds of stuff is, is going on. Okay. okay. You got to slow down, slow down. Hold on. We, we can't hurry up off this one. Empl well, employers are okay wh what is it because cuffing normally means you got to get together and, and all that well everything else that it entails what do you mean by that employers well i'm talking about as an as an applicant okay. of a cuffer <laughs> that people are actually literally creating applications for cuffing applicants like they oh. are a cuffing employer oh put in the application to be a hoe okay i get it what? <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean, I mean, I mean. By, by, the bottom line is, you know, we, I'm straight talk. So you put in the application. Okay, that, back in my day, you know, yeah, yeah, put in the application to be basically put in the application so we can have some fun. We're gonna check off the boxes, and if we compatible, we can just we can cuff during the cuffing season, huh? Like a hunting license, huh? Yes. Okay, but. <laughs> 
I'm just, I'm just realizing that this year is really for this cuffy season is having people do the most crazy and unique and different things. I didn't hear of this last year when I spoke of it. There, nobody was putting out applications. Nobody was doing that. And then when I'm hearing about you mermaiding, which is kind of like ghosting someone and don't talk to them anymore if you don't like them anymore. I'm just like, it's, there's just so much going on in that. There's just people need to just really be careful. Just this is not one of those times where people should really want to just get involved so quickly because emotion is going to run high and then someone's going to either end up extremely hurt or lose their life. So I just I, a cautionary tale. So. Well, I give, I give you two true stories. One was on the news here in St. Louis. Young lady, I guess, put an application to be cuffing with somebody on one of these date sites. Met with them and got stabbed 27 times. Mm. And she didn't know she was pregnant and the person killed her baby too. I'll give you another story. True story here in St. Louis from one of the people to go to our church. His supervisor, uh, female, met somebody online, went to go see him, came back, caught Corona, oop, and died. Oh, gosh. And and again, like you say, at the height of this catastrophe, you want to put in to do cuffing? See how see how dark and wicked our world is? Like we are truly motivated by what pleases our flesh 99% of the time. The Bible says <laughs> men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They do not want to come into the light because they're going to be exposed. And that, and that's so dangerous. Oh my gosh. That that's just crazy. That's a great win. Way for us to end on cuffing season. Uh, tell us about your book. Your book is still out. Tell us about your book. Well, the book titled The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned Into My Shine, all about encouragement and inspiration. If you or anyone may have experienced domestic violence or even if you're in a toxic situation, whether at work or in a relationship, just a good quick short book to give a lot of different people a perspective that you don't have to be trapped and you can be the light that God needs you to be to get out of your situation. You just have to remember that you don't deserve to be hurt and think and understand that the hurt is now knowledge. So you need to do something with that. Yeah. Amen. And with us, Walker Truth Christian Fellowship Church, Walker Truth Radio Network, we, we are still growing uh, again, anybody can come and be part of the Walk of Truth Christian Fellowship Church family. Uh, digital, you don't have to come. You can be part of our digital church. Uh, I want to say hello to all the churches in Africa, the three churches in Africa, Pastor Timothy, Pastor Antero, and Pastor Douglas. Uh, hope you guys listen to this. Uh, hopefully next year, sometime next year or year after, I'll be coming to visit you soon continue to do what you're supposed to do and preach the word um walk truth real network is on youtube and on the let us reason together my facebook page uh we're on also you know all the pl platforms we're tanika and i both are podcasters on anchor podcast but we can be found where else can we be found tanika on your face we, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and the list goes on and on. Just Google 
both of these particular podcasts and you will find them. And also you'll find him also on OwlTale.com to see where he ranks as number one for one of his most enjoyed episodes. So yeah. check him out. Yeah. And then all you could do also is hashtag DRJCS2. That's David Robert James Charles Sutton. Not in the number two. And you could pull up everything that we do, whether it's on YouTube or in the podcast land. And also we could be found. I can be found on SoundCloud. So we're everywhere that you want to be. All you have to do is search for us. So Tanika, thank you for spending the time uh, with me. Uh, you know, this is late for me, but you know, I feel good because I don't have to get up early tomorrow. So uh, come to check out Walking True Christian Fellowship Church uh, worship service at 1 p.m. tomorrow, Central Standard Time. We will be on Facebook and on our phone line. Uh, so I just want to thank you again for coming on and let's chop it up a little bit like we always do and wrap it up this 2020. Are you going to do a podcast explosion next year or is that the plan or not? That's a plan. We're going to we're going to see how we're going to pivot. So. Okay. And that's a good word. Everybody needs to learn how to pivot. Everybody needs that's a good word for going to 2021. You can't count on what you used to count on. You got to be able to move. You got you got to go from cousin used to to, to a new cousin. Cousin pivot. <laughs> You got you to gotta pivot. You got to make a move. You got to be flexible enough to make a move. Don't be so staunch in your thinking that you can't see the next thing that's going to happen. You have to have some forethought. And God can give you that if you ask. Some wisdom. He said he gives wisdom liberally if you ask. So I'm going to leave with my tagline and then I'm going to let her say hers. I always want you to be encouraged, be blessed, and be at peace. And always remember... Walk in the truth of the Lord. And Tanika? Well, you know, I love you and God loves you way more. And I always want you guys to be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what God lays on your heart. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's Encouraging Words. If these words have inspired you please take the time to support the Encouraging Word for today with a donation and your prayers. We want to thank you in advance and would like to hear from you. Contact us at Sutton968 at gmail.com or check us out on Walk in Truth Radio Network YouTube. Thank you for listening and consider subscribing and sharing. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. The times of worship are 8.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. You may also join us on Facebook at the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship page or the Walk in Truth Radio Network YouTube page. All are welcome and we look forward to teaching you the truth about God, teaching you to be committed, accountable, and responsible to the things of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit.
We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. The times of worship are 8.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. You may also join us on Facebook at the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship page or the Walk in Truth Radio Network YouTube page. All are welcome and we look forward to teaching you the truth about God, teaching you to be committed, accountable, and responsible to the things of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit.